It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today is Friday, and we of uh, looking back at the 95-96 Stanley Cup season. Um, and right now we have the playoffs. We did... Uh, Monday was just the season in general. Wednesday was the regular season, and now we're gonna touch on the finals. Uh, well, the the playoffs and obviously the Stanley Cup finals. So before we get to that, first things first, follow the show on Twitter, lopn underscore avalanche. Follow on Instagram, locked on avalanche, and send any comments, questions, concerns, anything that is on your mind. If you hear the Phantom Friday segment and that's something that you want to do, definitely hit me up. LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. So looking back at the playoffs, uh, obviously an exciting time. And and I didn't really plan this, but, um, you know, we we really should be just starting the playoffs if this season were to uh, not have been interrupted and suspended. And I'm not going to get into if it could get picked back up. I might talk about that with Nikki. Um, But. For now, it's we can't do anything about it. So let's look at look back at uh, some good playoff runs, and obviously the very first year the Avalanche were in Colorado ended in a Stanley Cup victory. Um, the, the The very first round was against Vancouver, and Vancouver finished, I believe, it was twenty five points behind Colorado, and that really gets thrown out the window once you hit the playoffs because. A team like Colorado, solid team all year all year long, the 104 points, number one in their division, the pressure's on them. And we see this a lot, maybe more so with, with younger teams who kind of just skate through the, the regular season. And then when the, the spotlights are really on and it's put up or shut up time, Sometimes they can't handle that pressure and they need a year of seasoning in the playoffs and just get their feet wet and 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 they'll lose, but they'll come back stronger the next year because now they know what to expect. And I'm not saying that was this Colorado Avalanche team. They were very seasoned. They had a, a lot of uh, talent. They had veterans on the team. But even so, when you are the number one team going in or finished first in your, your division, um, Detroit was the number one team. You have a target on your back, and Vancouver went for broke, and they really gave Colorado a run. Um, it went back and forth for the first four games, with Colorado took the first one, and and that's what they needed was was a, a convincing win in game one, and that's what they got. It was a five to two win. I'm going to look at stats here. Pretty much you can almost guarantee Joe Sackick is going to be on the stat sheet because he had, he, he wore the, the captaincy with, with pride this for this, this run. 
they leaned on him and he answered, and that's what superstars do. Um, as far as stats go, again, I, I touted Peter Forsberg's regular season, um, and he he delivered in the very first game four points right off the bat in that very first game for him. So, but then it went back and forth. Vancouver came back and they they won the second game five to four, and then Colorado wins game three four to nothing. Vancouver comes back and wins game four, four to three. And then games five and game six went Colorado's way. And it's one of those things in game five where Colorado won it in overtime. And and that's such a pivotal game, game five, right? I mean, whoever gets that has, you know, you're one win away from victory. And when Colorado won that game, I remember um, it was like Vancouver just the life was sucked out of that was their chance they 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 hung tight and that's what they that's what they wanted that's what they needed to have a chance to be in control um and they were never in control in terms of being up on the avs in the season or in the series uh but they had that opportunity in overtime and um it didn't it didn't pan out for them and then but they gave it a game in in game 7 or game 6 I'm sorry uh Colorado won it 3 to 2 but you you kind of just knew that that final goal who who scored it in overtime fifty one seconds in overtime Joe Sackick there you go uh, with Ozlinch and Deadmarsh on the assists so Vancouver was game I remember watching this series and just uh, I didn't really know too much about Vancouver at the time but they were kind of like they were a, a scary upstart team um, and they really gave Colorado. Uh, a, a big run for their money, but um, really good goaltending at times by Patrick Waugh. Those games that they lost, he he still kept them in the game. With the, um, I think they only, every game that they lost, the two games that they lost were just by a single goal. But giving up the five in game two is probably not his best. But then he comes back and shuts them out, and that's what you got out of Patrick Waugh. You you expect if he doesn't have his best game. You throw him right out there because you know he's gonna he he's upset more than anybody else is, and that's exactly what he did. So, um, round one, they got by it, and that was that was the key, because um, you're gonna get your best from from every single team that you play, and Vancouver was was no different. Now going on to round two was uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks finished below, obviously, the Avalanche. What they have, 90, somewhere in the 90s in points. They were the closest to Colorado. Um, and and this was, again, a very good matchup. This thing, I mean, you just look at the, the box scores for this. Um, six games, the Avalanche won it in, obviously, and four of these games went to overtime. The very first game went to overtime. The Blackhawks won that. Avalanche come back and win the second, 5-1. to one. Game three goes to overtime, which the Blackhawks win. Game four, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, Colorado won it. Game five, Colorado wins. Game six, Colorado wins. So the Blackhawks are up 2-1 to one in this, and then the Avs win three in a row. That game four... The triple overtime game, again, is almost where you can put your finger on it and say that's where Colorado 
really won the series. They won the next game four to one, and then game six, it took double overtime to win game six. Uh, but that triple overtime game, who scored the goal in triple overtime? Joe Sackick. <laughs> the the guy was just all over the place, and again in triple overtime, he's Johnny on the spot. So another really hard fought. Uh, matchup. This was kind of, this was, I remember going in, this was kind of like big on the goalies. Um, everybody wanted to see the Belfour Wah matchup. And for the most part, it delivered. Um, th- there was some, I wouldn't say, you know, well, who's, who scored the most here? Uh, Colorado had a five point game, five goal game in game two. But other than that, these goalies were were really on their game for this series. And I think it was just Colorado's offensive firepower that just really, in the end, is just going to be too much. I mean, to, to win three straight after being down two to one, um, something clicked for them or they figured something out. I don't know what it is, you know, this many years later, but uh, impressive. So now the big one. Everybody was kind of, this was almost like the Stanley Cup. Uh, Colorado going against Detroit. Detroit was a juggernaut. Let's not kid ourselves. I talked about it in Wednesday's episode. They were the team to beat. Um, And Colorado struggled with them during the regular season. And Patrick Waugh struggled with them during the regular season. If anybody was licking their chops trying to get to this game, it was Waugh. Because the Red Wings were the reason he wanted out of Montreal. And even when he joined Colorado, uh, he was with them for a few months. It was towards the end of the season where the, where Detroit tagged him again for, for they scored seven, uh, but Colorado pulled him after five. So he above everybody else wanted to prove something. And like I said before, he is not that guy to, to be afraid. He's not that guy to say Detroit got me twice pretty good this season uh, I just hope I can hold my own. He's completely not. He's never been that player, and I don't think anybody ever thought that this it would happen for you know a four game sweep. I don't think anybody saw that. Uh, I think they they thought this was going to be a a seven game shoot 'em out fight to the death type of series, and in many ways it was. But the only thing that this game lacked or this series lacked was a game seven. Because, again, Colorado won it in six games. The very first game went to overtime. And that was the only overtime game. Um, other than that, whoever won in this series uh, won by at least two goals. So Colorado won the, the first one 3-2 to two in overtime. And then they won the second one 3 to nothing. And I don't think many people expected that to happen. This was in Detroit where, I mean home ice advantage is just way tilted in Detroit's favor. And for Colorado to go in there and take both of them was just, you know, that was a blow right to the chin um, for the Red Wings. But they came back and took the game three, six to four in Colorado. And now you're thinking, okay, is this going to be one of those back and forth? Whoever's the visitor is going to win every game. Um, and Colorado turned that tide around by winning game four, four to two. They go back to Detroit and uh, really played probably their worst game of the playoffs in that one, losing five to two. Um, that that really was an ugly one. I like to say they just wanted to 
win the West on home ice. So they went back to Colorado for game six and really just put the hurt on uh, Detroit. Four to one in that one. Um, bring up the stats here. Let's see. So, and who'd see Paul Cobb, Joe Sackick, two more goals in that one uh, and one assist. So I can't. I, the the two guys that really just were everywhere for Colorado in playoffs, Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh. And that comes as a shock to absolutely nobody. But um, you know, they didn't they, they had they had a lot of guys stepping up, but when when you get to this level and you need your captain and not only your captain, your superstar to really step up, and he does multiple times. You just get you get the feeling that this is this is our year. So they uh, they d- defeat Detroit, and uh, again, not a single series went to a game seven, and that obviously includes the Stanley Cup final, where they were up against upstart Florida. And we will get to that and cover the very quick Stanley Cup final right after. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So everything the Colorado Avalanche have been through up to this point in the season has pretty much gone their way. Uh, Starting, I mean, you could say it started with the, the Claude Lemieux deal right before the season started. Acquiring Patrick Waugh. Uh, in early December and pretty much making your way through the regular season and 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 having you know the games were tough in in the postseason but like I said nothing went to to a game seven uh, 
Um, I think the Blackhawks series when they were down two to one and then rattled off three straight wins was kind of a maybe a turning point for them in terms of them feeling like they were maybe unstoppable. Um, and I think that carried over into the Detroit game. And uh, once they got to the the Stanley Cup final, you know they they were playing a team in the Florida Panthers, who were an underdog. Uh, they're kind of like an upstart team. They they had they had obviously played well to make it to the Stanley Cups, but I think they were up against a different animal in the Avalanche, and uh, they they fought. They they did everything that they could. You know they're they're playing for the game too. And a lot of interviews that you watch, well, they're playing for a championship too. And and if you watch these these interviews, that's what they're saying. You know they're professionals. They're they're out there to win, just like the Avalanche were. Um, but I think when it boiled down to the game um, and the series, it was just it, that it was a tall order for uh, the Panthers to really take this thing deep. However, um, the first two games were all Avalanche, three to one, eight to one, um, and then you know going back to Florida. They gave them two really good games, three to two. Avalanche won game three, and game four. Again, give Florida all the credit in the world. You're you're three to nothing. You're down in the Stanley Cup final, um, and you take your elimination game to triple overtime, uh, and and not not a high scoring game at all. And it was none other than. Mr. Yui Krupp, one of the greatest names in Avalanche history, uh, who came through to win the whole thing. Darpenlow spun around. Young, Young moving to the middle. Young the shot. And it went off the glass high over the net. Melody trying to clear. Didn't get it up. Sackick held it in. Still held in. Yui Krupp shot and scored. Congratulations to the Avalanche. It didn't come quite as easy as I think even they thought it would be. Man, Yui Krupp. Four minutes and 31 seconds into the third overtime. And, yeah, that would do it. So when it was all said and done, <clears throat> four-game sweep. And uh, the roughest one was obviously, you know, the the game that won it all. And, and – that's kind of good. You kind of want to really have to fight for it, and that's exactly what they had to do to win the whole thing. So when it was all over with, Joe Sackick just was a man possessed. 34 points in the in the entire postseason. That's in 22 games. Uh, Kamensky with 22 points in those 22, 22 games. Forsberg, 21. Ozilinch, 19. Deadmarsh, 17. Uh, Yui Krupp, I mean, obviously had the the game winner, but um, for the entire, he, he didn't play a lot during the season. He only played six games during the season, uh, most likely during the, due to injury. Uh, for the playoffs, where is he here? Uh, I'm I'm too far ahead. Um, Sixteen points for him in the playoffs. So he, he, you know, that wasn't just a fluke. You know, he he earned that. So uh, I think he was ready to go. Only playing six games during the regular season. So 
Uh, Scott Young, 15. Lemieux, 12. Patrick Waugh played all 22 games. Uh, 921 save percentage. You know, he, he that's what they got him for. Uh, did they think they would win it in the first year? Yeah, probably. I mean, they, they had a solid team going into this season. And uh, you, you go and get a guy like that, you, you're kind of telling not only your team, but the rest of the league, like, we're, we're ready to win this now. So things just worked out for them the entire season. Um, and it was – you don't get that a lot. You don't get a team that's ready to move um, – Usually they're moving because they're rebuilding, but the Avs lucked out. They struck gold in, in getting a already solid team, uh, and then they put a couple pieces together during the season. Those weren't the only moves that they made with Lemieux and Wah. Um, they did make some other moves, but you know the, it, it was those mainly the, the Wah trade. Let's get real. Uh, and to win a Stanley Cup in your in a in a new new town your first season is just you couldn't have written it any better. So um it's it's always good to go back and, and relive that. And then they did had another one a few years later and, and nothing since then. So I think uh, we're long overdue for another one. The team that they have now is more than willing and capable. Uh we just need to play some hockey. So so that's going to be it for today, guys, and this week. Um, I, I do have a Fandom Friday segment ready, but I wanted to get this this whole series of the 95-96 season into this week and not break it up too much. So uh, I will release that on Monday. That's with uh, Nikki Field, who came back on the show and had a really, really good conversation uh, with her about uh, what she thinks could happen with the remainder of the season uh if they bring it back the good the bad uh a lot of ground that we cover so tune into that on monday and until then have a good weekend stay safe and we'll see you next week go abs go